Hello, everybody. This is Catherine M. Lab, your turquoise angel guide from the celestial spoon which feeds your soul. I welcome you to today's episode of the Celestial Spoon Podcast, and thank you for taking the time from your busy day to spend with us and learn about my guest. I am an author and speaker about mental illness, a psychic and medium, and spiritual advisor, along with being a wife, mother, grandmother, and a great-grandmother. I will also share with you my experience of how clutter is affecting my life and stressing me out. You can find my free report, Seven Ways to Know Your Angels and Loved Ones in Spirit, are with you on my website, www.katherinemlab.com. If you're interested in a psychic reading or coaching with me, you can sign up through my website. We can talk on the phone, through Skype, email, or if you are in Central Suffolk, New York, in person. We ask our spirit guides, loved ones, and angels to be present during our time together and to guide us through a wonderful conversation and help us share our visions with the world. I am thrilled today to be interviewing Jim Bubba Bay from Pine Plains, New York. The night of November 15, 2009 is one that Jim Bubba Bay will never forget. Walking on a dark road in Pine Plains, New York, he stepped backward out of the path of an oncoming truck and plummeted 14 feet down a rocky gully, breaking 23 bones in his body, including 11 ribs, 10 vertebrae, his skull, and his left scapula. What happened next changed his life forever. And many of the readers who have read about Jim Bay's story, as described in his book, Miracle on Hammertown Road, say that their lives have been changed too. Bubba Bay has been a lifelong resident of upstate New York. He is an author, inspirational speaker, landscaper, and he worked for many years at his family's gas station. He has five children, Logan and Lauren and John, and sons Robert and James, Ulysses, in heaven. Bubba's favorite activity, besides spending time with his family, is metal detecting. Bubba's book, Miracle on Hammertown Road, recounts his near-death experience and his passion for life. I'm really excited to introduce you to Jim Bubba Bay and look forward to learning more about his accomplishments. Hi, Jim. It's really great to be speaking with you. I'm excited to be here with you. How are you Thank today? Thank you. I'm doing, I'm doing all right. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk to you and yes. your guests and everything. Yes. Welcome, welcome. So before we go ahead with our conversation, I would like to pull one of my cards for you. And let's see, I have a, a few decks with me, and I'm being guided to the Mary Queen of Angel deck. And the card is Signs. I watch for, notice, and trust the signs that heaven continually sends. 
and I know by reading a little bit about your journey um, that you recognized the signs and knew that you were meant to help others. And I feel um, that you may tell me um, that people are being healed just by listening to your journey and following some of the insights that you have. Is that true? Yeah, that, yes, that's true. That's very true. Okay. And yes, yes, indeed. And that's, that's what the center of this card is bringing me to. It's an angel holding a, um, a pole with a, um, a torch on the top, and then the torch is very brightly lit and, and like 10 to 12 inches high of a flame. And although it's not definite to me, it looks like there is the sign, you know that medical sign that you see on a lot of things, like it's a scrolling thing? That's, yes, yes. Okay, so that's what I saw in this angel, and it brought my attention right there. So we may go back to the card a little bit later, but for now, that's what I feel it's drawing me to. But I'm also being drawn to pick a card from the Archangel Raphael card, and that is call upon Archangel Raphael for help. I'm not sure if you're aware of it, but Archangel Raphael is the healing angel, and I work very strongly with him. Are you aware of that? Um, yes, I, I, I did. It's kind of um, not funny, but since my fall and everything that's happened spiritually before I fell, I, I, was, um, I was a Christian believer, but I, 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 and I knew angels exist. I believed in all that. But I didn't. I didn't know about card decks and um, Reiki and shaman and you know all that. I didn't know anything, and all that's just kind of blown up in my spirituality since the, since the fall. You know, when I got hurt. So right, exactly. So you're aware that Archangel Raphael is the the one to reach out for for healing, right? Yes, I I, I learned that not too long ago, actually. Um, oh, okay. I, I have a brain injury from. You know, I suffer from, you know, brain injury from my fall. Right. And, and so one of my things is memory is one of my challenges. And, but, I, but I do remember that, um, you know. Okay. So it's been, it's, it's been quite a fascinating journey since then, too, just in my own learning of different things and everything existed and stuff like that and all that. So it's been wonderful learning new things, too. So. Yes, exactly. Right. Before you go on, and, you know, I want to get back to what you're saying, but what's bringing my attention with this card is Archangel Raphael is looking over your children in heaven. There were two children in this card, and that's what they want the message to be, to know that Archangel Raphael and all of the angels are with your children and your children are watching over you. So know that they're there for you, okay? Yes, yes, yes. They're, they're, they're you, there for many reasons, so yes. And have you recognized your children in different things that you do? I, well, I did, and I, um, I, they, they, they were there the night I fell when I, when I met God, and I didn't talk to them. It's all in the book, but... I, I did a fast, as you go along in the journey, you learn more and more about why things happen to, 
or, or why mm-hmm. this happened, and then you can put two and two together and get four. I did a yeah. book signing event. I did a book club book signing in Ridgefield, Connecticut, and where everybody was like a book club where they all brought the book and they read it, and then I went and spoke. I was part of the book club too. So, um, and then they, you know, and then I went back and spoke, and this one woman, now this is years after the accident, and the woman, you know, mentioned about how my kids were there, and one of the things that, like I said before, my spirituality, you know, I was spiritual, but I didn't know all this existed, and so anyway, one of the reasons why my kid, my kids were there when I met God is that. I he also came to me as a human form because of my spirituality was you know smaller if an orb or a light or something like that showed up for me I wouldn't I wouldn't have moved after all this because I was hurt so bad I would have never even moved again after I met God but he came in a human form which I needed so I could understand what was happening but the confirmation was that my kids were there and then because it, it was a confirmation, I kind of fought them, but it really made sense when I went to this book that, like, my one son was a pound four ounces and lived 10 days. So if you believe in heaven, where else would he be? He didn't, he didn't even leave the hospital. So he, you know, he couldn't sin at all. And my other son was 18 years old and died. So how, you know what I mean? So if, the, if you believe in heaven and then you believe, you know, that's where they were, so they were there confirming what was happening that night was happening. So it was like confirmation, you know. Okay. Um, and that's, that's why we pulled this card, because it wanted to also allow you to share that message. And I am so sorry for your losses. And um, like I said, you do recognize that they are there for you. And I want other people to recognize that if their children have passed, again, my sympathy goes out to all of you. But look for them in everything that you do in your life, and they will show up for you and guide you at times that you would really not expect them to be there. So keep your eyes and ears open and just pay attention. Can I just so, say one more uh, thing about that? Can I just say yeah. one more thing about that? Sorry. Is, um, there's a chapter in the book called Snow Angel, and that's a whole story with my son who was 10 pounds, you know, one pound, four ounces. That's actually, and that happened before I fell. So that happened earlier in my life after he passed away. So anyway, there's a whole other incident really, where I know for a fact he was there. So it was really cool. So. And that's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that part because that really is beautiful. And I love snow angels. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, uh, it, I was out snow plowing, so that's how we came up the name of the title. So it's, it's quite the story and it's actually turned into a lot, uh, a lot of lots and lots of people love the bikes. It's doing really well, and then they they uh, but you know even some people come up to me and they really love the Snow Angel little chapter. You know it's great. So it's one of my special moments in life. You know, so right. And I look forward to reading your book. I do have it, and it's next on my list to read. So um, yeah. I'll send a review for you after I do read it. Okay, sounds great. Mm-hmm. So you. being that we are talking about your children, would you like to share with listeners what it is like to lose children and what steps you've gone through to recover um, getting past the loss? The, it, it, it's like the worst thing. I, I don't, it, it's actually, don't, I, I, I guess 
you know, it's like the worst thing that can happen to you. Um, the only other thing that, to me, that could be worse is if you really want to live and you die yourself, you know. And that's what happened that night. Um, in the end, I thought I was dying going to heaven because I had no hope after a while. And I ended up, you know, I'm, I'm here by the grace of God and, you know, and all that. But um, I, mm-hmm. it's very tragic. And one of the things from my situation is my one son was, a, you know, lived, he was born to premature, pound four ounces, and he passed away. And it was very, very rough, very rough. And as a dad, to be honest with you, I, I gave him my name, James. We gave him a name, and it's kind of rough that your, your, your name's, I know, like, George Foreman named his kids George, 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 but I couldn't do that. So, you know, I had James, and, like, my name died with him in a way. You know what I mean? So it's just a, you know, it's like, oh, he could carry on the name. Well, it didn't, you know, get, you know, after 10 days. But it's very, very sad and very rough to to take. Matter of fact, the the one thing that was uh, ended up being really, like, meaningful was that I wrote a, the thing that you say at the funeral, because no one really knew he stayed in the hospital. No one, but they, you know, funerals often are for the people that are still living indirectly, you know, to share and memories and stuff. And uh, so I wrote a speech at the funeral for my son James's, you know, funeral uh, the day after he died. And it's so by happens, by the grace of God, I saved the speech and I was able to find it for the book. So actually, the speech is exactly how I was the day after he died. So it really brings some meaning to it. But anyway, why I'm bringing that all up is a couple things happen is is that I believe my son passed away. Sadly, one of the reasons why was his older one of his older brothers is twins. They're they're actually my stepsons, but they they never met their father. So I was their dad. I'm their dad. You know. Everybody else in the world, there's a story about that in the book. Everybody else, it's Jimmy. They call me Jimmy. They call me Jimmy, you know, and all that. And I, I love, you know, that's great. But, like, if they saw someone else, they say, hey, my dad's coming, you know. So it's kind of yeah. nice that way. And anyway, he had kidney disease since birth, supposedly, um, you know. And little did we know, it actually happened. It came to fruition, you know, and it came to realization, like, only a month or two after my son died. And they told us in the hospital that, you know, there was a good chance that our son was going to have special needs kind of thing. And I believe if our son was living and our other son had kidney disease, it would have just would have been too much, you know, having that much difficulty handling all the kids. So I kind of, in some ways, my one son passed away. You know, it's very sad and I can cry in a heartbeat and I try not to when I do, you know. But my, uh, you know, our other son needed us too, you know, and so anyway, and then that's kind of. But the end result for me, and I know parents who 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 aren't in this situation, but um, for for me is um, and my wife at the time is we also had younger kids too, still that needed us. So uh, it, it it really helped. That's helped that they need us you know, that they needed us, and you, you get sad, and you can kind of get, like, depressed, and you're kind of like, okay, but you turn around, and they're still there, and they need you tomorrow, and then they need you the next day, you know, and, um, right. you know, and, and, and then um, I've talked to parents who have lost kids, too, and I've been to some groups and stuff, and then you 
for me, I created a, 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 a room in my mind for them, you know, and I, 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 I never forget them, and I, think, I could think about them every day, but I have mm-hmm. the door shut, you know, and if you, I can kind of like shut the door, not, not to ignore them, just to like, okay, I can function now, I can do what I got to do, and, but if you want to really talk about it, I can get pretty emotional and open the door, you know, but I, 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 it helped, it definitely helped that there were more kids to raise that needed you just as much. And then, the, and then a strong family, you know, my parents, my brother, my wife at the time, my, you know, my friends, you know, it, it certainly helps uh, when you have help, you know, or just, you know, they keep you going and stuff like that. So it's definitely, it's definitely a challenge and you never get them and you live it every day. And sometimes you replay the memories and like I got called, uh, not to keep going on it, but I got, we got, it was like the worst call. We got calls from the hospital for my one son who was baby. We got called in the hospital to, um, to come down and give him permission to pull the plugs, you know? Yeah. So basically, you know, so basically they were calling us up and I had just left the hospital. It's a long story, but I had left the hospital. He wasn't doing good that night. I slept. I was so upset. They wouldn't let me drive. So they said, no, you're not going anywhere, and they put me in some room. You know, there was some, like, parent room. or, or I, No, there was no parent room. Someone was using that, so I actually slept in a chair, but they wouldn't let me leave. They took my key, you know, and all that. And they just didn't right. want me to go because I was so emotional. And I woke mm-hmm. up, and he was doing a little better. And one of the things that happened, and I think it's in the book, uh, yeah, it's in the book, is that I'm a, I'm a big Mets fan for baseball, you know, and the Mets are playing the Yankees. So after I left the hospital that morning, um, I was listening to the reviews of the game and the Mets play. The, so every time the Mets play the Yankees, I, it's the first thing I think about. You know, uh, it, it's a you know it's a symbol thing. You know, for me that okay, I, you know it was that time. You know, so anyway, they called. I, I just left the hospital two or three hours later. We get a call that you know he, he's gonna you know he's gonna he's gonna pass and can you come down and sign the papers that they can unplug all the machines and take them off and and we never hold them to that moment. You know. And then we were allowed to hold him, you know, when he passed. And, my, and thankfully, my brother, my brother was very kind. I actually left because in my mind, I still see him moving because I was the one that saw him every day, all day, all the time. My wife at the time had C-section, so she, she only saw him a few times. I was there every day, and he was moving, so my brother actually held my son when he died, you know. So, um, but, uh, yes, it's very and, – and, and then also you're also – as a parent, you also try to realize, hey, I could be strong, and if somebody else needs help, then I can help them, you know, kind of thing. So you also right. start to do that, too. And then, and then in turn, that helps yourself, you know, when you can help someone through a death of a child or something, you know. So. Yes. Yes. I can't imagine going through it with a child, but we did go through it with my father in 2012 where um, – there were actually 23 of us by his side when they turned everything off on him, and it was horrible to go through. I could not imagine me doing that with a child. Yeah. I, I feel the strength that you gained from it, though. Yes, it's, it, um, yes, it, you know, you, you, you do in a way, and at the time you don't realize, like I told you, you learn as you go in life, like why this happened or that happened, and I really, it took me a while, but I really believe that God looked at us and said, there is no way that family's going to handle having two special needs people, you know, or need help. My other son ended up having kidney disease. And it was like, 
hospital run after hospital run, and the hospital was like an hour and 15, an hour and a half away because he was still a child, so it was pediatric up in Albany, New York there, and it was drive up there and drive back, drive up there, drive back, and and, 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 and all that. And then on top of that, all the financial uh, things that happen when you have a terminally ill person. I, in, in the book I say it, I don't know, I'm pretty sure I said it, but if not, it's one of my sayings. We had, uh, my, state, my wife at the time worked for the state, my ex-wife, and uh, we had the best insurance you could have as far as I'm concerned, right? And uh-huh. you could, if, if, unless you're multi, really, really, really wealthy, really, really wealthy, if you get somebody ill terminally in your, in your family, it's a slow financial death. I mean, we yeah. had like the best insurance with maybe the cheapest co-pays, but then he took 15 different meds, and you multiply that by 15 bucks, and then, oh, that, that blood works 40 bucks each week, you know, and this and that and this and that and this and that. Oh, and then all the trips that you go up to the hospital and back and all the gas, and then you, you, they call you at the worst time, so you're making food for dinner, and then they call you and say, you got to come, your son needs, we've got to get him to the hospital, and we just leave everything, and then you find out no one's eating. You know, after a while, you realize, oh, no one's eating. You know, so it's just a, it's a more of a slow financial death, you know, when it comes to that, you know. So, yes. um, you know, that's well, quite a burden, too. If you have any pointers for anybody in that respect, I welcome you to share them. Well, actually, that's one of my uh, one of my passions, or why I do what I do now, is I'm actually in the process of it. But my my goal is to um, start a nonprofit. From from the I, I've been giving from the book already. I give every book sale. I give away money to brain injury and all that. I've been doing it since book one. But one of my passions is to create a nonprofit to help people with these incidentals, you know, these, 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 you got to go to the hospital back and forth and all this gas and all that stuff. And, um, but it's a very, it's amazing. Before my son, my one son passed away and yes, we had some bills, you know, the co-pays and stuff. And, um, but you know, we were still hanging in there and then my other son got kidney disease. We used to have cash in our pockets, you know, and then I realized things started going downhill when there was no more cash in the pocket. I'm not talking a lot, you know, 40 bucks a week or 30, you know, something uh-huh. if you, and, and that all disappeared, you know, and then, right. and, then you, and then you end up using the credit cards and all that, and it's just what you do. You do what you got to do, and you do it until you can't do it no more, you know, and right. um, so, but, um, you know, it, it's just, but you do what you got to do, and that's what we did, you know, and we hung in there as long as we could, and, you know, and then, of course, he passed away, my second son, and then we had a funeral for him, you know. So it was, um, but, you know, so that's one of my, along with you're asking me about help, and that's one of the things, one of my passions now, why I do what I do is I'm trying to create, create it so I can give back even more to those situations. And one of the things I was going to do is um, you just got to have somebody terminally ill in your family. In other words, they're not going to get better, but you know what I mean? Uh, I wasn't, you know, my idea is it wasn't going to be, I wasn't going to pick and choose cancer over kidney disease. I wasn't going to pick and choose. It's like if you have somebody terminally ill, you know, you apply and hopefully we can get you some money or, you know, gas cards or, or something, you know, to help, you know, and even and, and anything helps. Any little bit helps. And, and um, How so. close are you to setting that up? I'm, I'm, I'm pretty close now. We're, we're actually you know, working on a few paper. I, and then of course you got to apply for the nonprofit part, but yeah, we, mm-hmm. I, I had a meeting the other night with my, uh, Marissa, who you, you've talked to and connected with. 
uh-huh. my administrative assistant, and uh, we're we're in the process of working and you know setting it up. And that's that that's probably one of my biggest drive. One of my biggest drives now is to is to create that, and I'm trying to I'm trying to create it so that I can help others. You know, I'm trying to create more with the book and more like that that I can help others. You know, because it, it it's just it's it's kind of like my passion now. You know, and 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 but also my other path you know along with that is just the message itself mm-hmm. like you asked and you asked um you know like like you made a comment before uh this one real quick story i i sold the book at this red hook new york uh they have this hard scrabble day it's like a, 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 a not not it's not really a yard sale it's like but it's it's you know everybody with the businesses get out and they put you know for sale you know stuff and other vendors can come and so we, my friend who lives over there, we, we went, you know, to sell the book and we were on the wrong part of town because we signed up late. And so we were on the bad side of town, meaning that there's this traffic light and people don't really walk through it that day because it's so busy. They stay on the one side, but I was loving where I was sitting. I was sitting in a grassy knoll in this old, old building, you know, this grassy lawn. And I, I just, it, you know, I love old like metal detecting. That's my, you know, I, I, I love that stuff. So, uh, I was happy, and we sold one book. But to me, meeting people is all about it. It's not the book sales for me, yeah. you know. And we sold yeah. we sold one book, and I, you know, I mean, I don't, you know, I just meeting people is a, a huge success for me. I don't worry about book sale or this or that. And anyway, these right. people next to us, I felt bad for them because they set up this whole store. You know, they had this stuff, and they didn't. No one was coming on our side, but they did come over and they took my book for sale in their store on consignment. In Rhinebeck, New York. Anyway, to make a long story short, why I'm bringing it up is it's been for sale. They sold out and stuff like that. But over the year, they, you know, and, and they also, what was nice in the Christmas time, they made some Christmas baskets to it. Part of the deal was the book was in it, so it sold, like, as a basket and a gift. Anyway, but they took the book a couple of times. They took, I think a couple of times, but at least once they took the book and put it in the front window. And this lady went walking along, never been in the store, but walked by and then got the, and then the, the book caught her, the cover of the book's very nice, and it, it caught her, you know. So she right. walked in, you know, walked in, saw the cover, flipped it over, read the back, and she bought the book right away, and she went home and read it. And then she sent me an email, and she said it changed her life, because before, she said they have not been through difficulties like me, no, no, no injuries, no death, stuff like that. But it's been just a pure financial struggle for them. That's all, you know, it's just been really financially a struggle for them. And she lost her faith in God and just in faith in everything. And when she read my book and after all I've been through, her, her, her faith in God just renewed and she had a new spirit, you know, and a new, you know, a new way of looking at life, you know. So, and that's and it beautiful, was, yeah. My book yeah. does the same thing because I write about my healing journey also where I had the mind and body connection with fighting each other. And that was 2014 was my dark night of the soul. And now it's like I'm using, just like you, my experiences to inspire other people to say, look, like you said about this woman, you know, you have your own experiences and you can learn from mine what I did to move forward and be inspired and know that you can move forward too. That's a big thing about why I do these radio podcasts because I want people to know that 
we can help them move forward just by hearing our stories. And your story is really amazing um, how much you've gone through. I want to go back and talk about um, your inspiration with your life-changing spiritual experience that day on the highway. Yeah, it's, um, it was a dead-end road. <clears throat> basically, ah. I, I, basically, it's a dead-end road. I live, I live on the outlet part. I moved in. My wife and I split up. Um, it was a sad part in my life only because of my kids. I didn't, you know, if any parent left kids, it was a mutual thing. And to be honest with you, as, as the dad, I didn't want my kids, you know, cause it was one of the deals. I owned the home as much as the wife owned the home. We you know, and we, it was a mutual split up. We weren't fighting or anything like that. It was just, and people often ask what's the death of two kids and it did weigh on it and the financial burdens and, you know, it wears away at things. Um, and I'm not using an excuse, but that's part of what happened anyway. So mm-hmm. I, I, I moved into this house my brother owned by the landscape shop, uh, and, and, but I never really walked down past my house. And make a long story short, I normally don't walk out there, but I actually didn't feel well, and I knew if I didn't go out and at least walk, and, and I would never get no sleep, you know. So it was a Sunday night, and we had to, you know, work was busy the next day, and I was like, you know what? I, it's 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 a town road. I'll just walk on it. You know, it's a dead end road. Not many, you know. So I ended up going one way towards the entrance way that I know, and some there were some people on the road parked, and I think they were drunk, and I didn't want to come upon them and scare them or have them start anything with me. So it made me turn around and go past my house, and I wasn't still feeling well. And I said, well, I'll just go down the hill. It's a little hill. I'll go down the hill for a little bit further, and I'll turn around and I'll go home and. So that's what happened. I turned around on the way back. I, I the, the way it's described, because it's hard to describe it until people talk to me, but really off the hill, you know when you see lights, you see um, how lights shine off a hill further? Well, yeah. I saw car lights coming off the hill. Didn't see the car. They were down the road, so they never saw me fall, nothing like that. And the way the road is designed, where I live now, you know, at the house in the landscape shop, it's a dead end road, and so it's a pretty big opening where some people go down the road and go, oh, it's a dead, and they turn around. So the car, I think, might have just turned, I don't know, but it might have turned around like a lot of cars do and go back out. Anyway, so on the way back, so when I walk at night, I always walk against traffic and all that, and when I walk at night, if I if it happens to be no traffic light, or, you know, street lights or anything, when I go off and get off the side of the road and I stop so that you don't create this, keep walking towards this car, and then people have less time to react, both, both right. myself and them. And so mm-hmm. that's what I tried to do. And I moved off to the side of the road and uh, like one step, and then I took a second step, and then I started stumbling forward. And the next thing you know, I was free falling 14 feet into this culvert, which wow. I didn't know it existed, you know. So anyway, make a long story short, it's amazing. I woke up, you know, I ended up breaking. I have, In the book, it's 23 bones, but I broke 26 fractures and 23 bones. Three of the vertebrates that broke thirteen way two two ways, you know, um, and so that's all part of the miracle. Is I have thirteen fractures on my neck and spine, and I'm walking, you know, and I did all yeah. these crazy things that night. So anyway, my one son, yeah. my ex-wife, we talked about uh, passed away when we moved to Arizona, and my ex-wife found him dead in his apartment after three or four days. So oh. can you imagine what my you know yeah. what she saw? Yeah. So. 
I woke up in the culvert after I was unconscious. It could have been for two seconds, a minute. Or, you know, I don't know. I don't know time. Time doesn't mm-hmm. exist now that I'm, you know, you know, pretty much dead or, or dying. And I woke mm-hmm. up, and, and then I realized, okay, I was able to think enough because I fell on my head first. My head would stop my fall, and then my left side. And, and I yeah. hit so hard, I landed on my left side of my head, my left shoulder, and my left rib area, and then my left legs hit. I hit so hard that four ribs on the right ne- broke, and they never touched anything. That's how wow. hard I hit. So anyway, I ended up going to um, I ended up going to uh, the the um, so anyway, I woke up and then one of the things is either I'm dead, I'm paralyzed. I was able enough to think, okay, I'm dead, I'm here, I'm paralyzed, I'm gonna die. But if I can get to the road, I, I think I came from a road. I was disoriented. And then I finally figured out which side I came from. If I could get to the road, I could die on the road, and they'll find me in the you know they'll find me in the morning. Worst case scenario. And that was my hope. I actually moved to to, to the road to die. That's my initial. That's what I thought was happening. So. Okay. Uh, and then I. Uh, and the people people have gone down where I've fallen. Of course, people go there and they just get goosebumps because some divine thing happened there you know people just uh, right. people that go there just you know they just you know they feel it you know and so i ended up uh and it's so people healthy had gone down in the culvert and climbed where i went and they have trouble just getting out of the thing and here i got 26 fractures bleeding crazy my head's all cracked open and i actually climbed slowly it took me for it seemed like forever but i actually climbed the culvert out of the culvert and and, and came upon this log near this road and then I was content in dying. So I, um, I thought I realized I thought I was by the road, and I thought I was ready to die. I was content. I was sad. Um, mm-hmm. But like I said earlier, I thought I have kids living, but I also thought I had kids in heaven. And I thought I did enough to go to heaven, even though I wasn't the best practicing Christian and I don't know the Bible. But I thought I did enough. That's what I thought, you know. So, and that's and then. And so I laid on this log, closed my eyes, and then an amazing thing happened. Uh, the one thing that uh, some of the people really like that, especially, is I didn't go anywhere. I didn't, I didn't leave my body. I never left my body, and I didn't die, die. And mm-hmm. I didn't go to heaven. I didn't go anywhere. It all happened on this road, you know. And, uh-huh. and it was beautiful, you know. And, and so what happened was I was, my eyes were closed. I was content and dying crying of course but i it really it really became eerie how uh, i was content and dying after a while it just was that was my option and that, right. it wasn't like i what it was was i didn't i didn't it's not like i just was content and dying because that was there, there was no going i i just climbed i don't know, end up being 14 feet or more up out of this culvert with all these broken bones i was in so much pain there was no going any further for me you know right right and um the next thing you know, a little while longer, I don't know how long, again, timing, it could have been two se- you know, two minutes or anyway, mm-hmm. you know, my uh, my eyes were closed, and then this, it got so bright outside my eyes that I had to open my eyes. And I opened my eyes, and it just like the whole valley lit up, and this whole thing lit up, and, 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 and here this figure approaches me, and and as I could see a little more, my kids were there. You know, and yeah. they kind of were like, I remembered them kind of the age they were, you know, but they weren't sickly, but I didn't talk to them. 
I didn't talk to them. It wasn't like I talked to them. It just was comforting. And, of course, first, I've never died before. I've never come close to dying before. I'm like, mm -hmm. I didn't know. I was like, okay, you know, is this how you go to heaven? You know? And that's what I thought. And then, okay. and then the next thing you know, uh, the conversation began kind of within, you know, kind of, you know what I mean? It's, it wasn't like you and I, you know, it was kind of like conversation started going between me and the figure. Um, mm -hmm. And we had this conversation and it, 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 one of my biggest problems with the Bible and why I never really read it is, is if, it, if it's God's words, Right. I've learned since, and it's crazy. I had to meet God myself. To, but if it's God's words, why is all this killing over the Bible? Right. Right. If it's really right. His words, why? Do, why are everybody killed and dead and this and that and this and that? So I didn't read it because I was very upset with that. And I'm like, well, if it's really His words, well, no one should be killed. It should be peace, you know, and all this right. stuff. Well, anyways, and I know it's crazy, but that part of the, it's in the book. Part of the conversation I had is that it's it's men's interpretation of the Bible that creates all the killing, not the Bible itself. And and, and men sense. and men take it upon themselves to, and he also said to me that that you you notice that these people that do this, do they stay in power for all the time? No, eventually they lose power and they go out. Or they you know, they and and the Bible continues on and God continues on, and Jesus continues on. Mm -hmm. so all these. So anyway, that's, and, and I know it's crazy, and then I, I have, you know, some people have come up to me since, you know, like, and other people said no, and, and people argue about the Bible all the time, and I, I just kind of go, you know, and a couple people said, oh, you can't see God. And they, they argued, you know, they started to argue with me, and I'm like, okay, I, I'm, I'm okay you know, with that, um, that's your opinion, and I'm okay with that. I said, for all I know, I could be seeing Jesus, and God could have been talking to Jesus. But here's why I claim in the book I met God, is because that form, that person said, my son Jesus, to me. Ah, okay. Very interesting. And that's, what, and that's why I claim that it was God himself. Now, the other thing is... This is what I needed. Um, an orb could show up to you. You're very much more spiritual, and you know, sorry, the fire, there's a fire, something going on in a firehouse. Um, you, you're, you're more spiritual than I am. An orb could have shown up for you, and you, you would have known what was going on. I, I, I didn't. It needed to be a human figure. And then the other thing, I believe before I fell, and to this day, after I fell, after I met him, that you might see something different than I see something different. Right. So it's not my job to tell you what God looks like. That's right. Part of my message is God's for everybody, whether you know the Bible, whether you believe in him, don't believe in him, whatever you want, he's there for you. Just look over your shoulder, he's there for you. That's up to you to choose to look over your shoulder or not. But it's not my job to tell you what he looks like. You know, That's I describe what I saw. I, you know. I just I want you to repeat that again about looking over your shoulder. Can you say that again? Yes. Yeah, that's, my, that's, that's why in the end I ended up writing the book because I realized I'm just Jim Bubba Bay, this common guy, and I have this incident. And the really neat thing, and I just want to say this, and I'm very humble. I just, and I'm just a 
a messenger. I'm nothing special about me. I'm just me. And it happened to me, and I just passed the message on. But God is for everybody, whether you know the Bible or not, because he came for me. Because the amazing thing about, one of the amazing things is, if you believe that God didn't come that night, then you're saying that I'm more awesome than I'm saying. I'm not saying I'm awesome at all, but you're saying I did it all myself. Because not to jump the story, but just so I can, so you get what I mean, is after God left, he told me not what to do. And oh, by the way, when God was there, I was able to describe a log that I met God at, straight out of a coma, to detail in the middle of the night. And there was no moonlight, because it was foggy, there was no sunlight, there was no house lights, there's no traffic lights. And on top of that, it was so foggy that they were going to fly me in a helicopter, and the helicopter couldn't fly. So, oh and there's no car lights. So what other light could there be that lit this log up that I described straight out of a coma, and then, and then um, I tell my family first, and they, they created this Karen Bridge website, you know, this one web page for my, my story and my thing, and it was wonderful. And when I'm in rehab, my brother, they read all these messages and people saying, God, you know, God this, God must have been there. And in, in my, and then my brother says, do you want to see where you fell? And I didn't know if I was ready or not, but I said, okay, let me see. He shows the picture of where I fell at the top of the road. And in the picture is the log I described straight out of a coma, what it exactly looks like. Wow. That's beautiful. So, Anyway, so... Confirmation, exactly, yes. Yeah, so anyway, that was confirmation, you know. So anyway, you, you asked me to say, and, and so what I've learned is that I didn't know the Bible. I learned more about the Bible now, and like I told you, I have a brain injury, so I forget things, but now I learn names, and I go to church, you know, almost all the time, and um, I also, but I also learned all about spirituality and shaman and Reiki and, you know, angel cars. I'm learning all this, you know, all the things you do. I'm learning about all that, and... um. Uh-huh. So, so I turned around, but one of the, the main reasons is God's for everybody. And like I said, whether you know the Bible, don't know the Bible, whether you're a believer or non-believer. I've had people read, read my book who are non-believers and are believing now. That's beautiful. Changed, I love that. Because, I because the one thing in my book, it's a spiritual book. There's one Bible quote in the beginning. It's just because it really, really kind of, it really, really, you know, says what happened to me that night. And it's spiritual, and it's and but but I have um, Buddhist people, Muslim people, um, Jehovah Witness people all read my book, and no one's offended by it. They're, they're, no, you know, so uh, people who are far right and as Christian as can be, who knew the Bible inside and out and upside down, mm-hmm. love you know love the book. And I have non-believers that have come up to me and say, now there's something to it, and they start to believe now. And then some believers don't believe at all. But anyway, one of the cool things that it's kind of cool and it didn't dawn on me at first, but I had a non-believer come into the gas station I was working and said, I don't believe you met God and this is the reason why I don't believe in God. And the first thing I say to him is, I'm okay you don't believe in God. I'm okay that you don't believe. You have a reason why you don't believe and it's your reason. I'm okay with it. It's not my job to change your mind. You know, mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. said, you know, it's not my job at all. I said, but the only thing is, remember that if you say I didn't meet God that night, you're saying I did it all myself because mm-hmm. it's a fact I fell in the hole. Matter of fact, when I 
they went the next morning early when the lights, came, you know, they got sunlight, and, and a bunch of people, some people went, and they all said it was like someone shot a deer, gutted the deer out in the, in the gully, dragged it up the hill, and then, you know, and all this blood was at this log. Well, obviously stopped, you know? Yeah. So it was, it was, you know, so anyway, and, but that night, and it's in the book, um, a sheriff who ended up being my cousin, uh, and, and his help, you know, his other officer, they actually followed my blood trail and found where I fell. And my cell phone and my blood was in the hole, blood's up the hill, blood's at the log, blood's along the road, because the crazy thing is I got up and walked 200-something feet to my neighbor's house. After I met oh God, God. yeah, and um, that, it took a while. Yeah, yeah, and so I ended up knocking on my neighbor's door. Anyway, that all happened. That's all fact. You cannot deny that that didn't happen. So the only mm-hmm. thing that you can say is whether I met God or not. Well, if you say I didn't met God, I'm saying I had help. Now climbing the hill, I climbed the hill myself. But God comes when you need Him most, not before, not after. He comes when you need Him most. Mm-hmm. And at the log. My gas tank was empty. My hope was empty. My faith was empty. It was empty. I was empty. So God came. I I, I compare it to those jets that fly, and then the bomber comes along with the fuel, and they kind of fuel them in midair. That was me. I I was totally empty. God comes, rejuvenates my spirit, um, and, you know, rejuvenates my faith and my hope and he told me to tell them tell the story of that night and to pass it on whatever way. He didn't tell me to write a book. He, I was doing it by myself, one person at a time, only when it came up. I never said anything to anybody, never was the first one that said anything, you know. Right. And there's some right. stories in the book. There's, like this one guy in the um, there's a stories in the book. But example would be the way, but God always seemed to make it come up. This person came in the station, I was working at the time, and they and they seemed like they were having a bad day, and they and they said, "Oh yeah, I'm 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 in pain." And and the next thing you know, they said to me, "Yeah, yeah, well, I broke my neck a while ago." And all mm. I said to them, because I broke C7 two ways, so all I said to them was, "I understand. I I I understand your pain." That's all I said. And then I let them go, and I got coffee and did all this and paid their coffee. I never ever said anything else. And they actually got to the door, and then. It, they turned around and said to me, well, how do you know what I'm feeling about a broken neck? You know? So mm-hmm. I have this two-minute version or one-minute version of the whole thing, and I gave it to them. Well, next thing you know, they stayed and talked to me. And then the amazing thing is they actually dropped the receipt. I went out, like, a few minutes later and picked up this receipt, and I actually – I could always reprint a new one, So, but I picked it up and threw it away and come to find out – it was that guy's receipt. He drove all the way back like 10 minutes later to get a receipt because it was for work. And he said, then he said to me, he's never been in the station. He never, you know, and something said he had to go in there that day. He said, I actually like almost like the car turned that way, you know, kind of, and he came in and then he learned he had to meet me, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and um, you know, it changed his life. And he, he, you know, he was like, I can't believe it. And he, he almost said, like, to me, almost like, you know, I kind of lost my receipt, so I had to come back and let you know that. And I said, I don't need any, I don't need, like, confirmation. I just was being nice and saying I understood what you're, talk, you're going about through. You know, mm-hmm. that's all I said, you know. So anyway, right. God, you know, so that's what I, you know, so that's kind of what I do. And it's, you know, it's, that's, 
I'm just me. I'm just Jim Bubba Bay. That's why I use and and the other reason why I use because some people, you know, a, a couple of people are like, um, you know, oh, you should use James Bay. Um, you know, but Jim Bubba. One of the reasons why I did that is the book would be too heavy if it was just all the bad stuff. You know, so yep. in the book there's Bubba stories. I'm Bubba. You can call me Jim. You can call me Bubba. Either way, I love it. You know, and there's there's a story in how I became Bubba, and it's just who I am. So Jim Bubba Bay is 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 you know that's my author name, and 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 I use that because there's Bubba stories in there, and people thank me for the Bubba stories because it would be too heavy, but because okay. they read and they start to read about my one son, it's a flashback book, and all of a sudden they're reading about my son dying. But it stops there. They don't know the whole details, and then they find out why I'm Bubba or or Bub this story or that story, you know. So um, it kind of brings your emotions all around, which is you know, hope it does, and uh, uh-huh. you know. But I'm just me, you know, and it happened to me, right. and um, you know, like right. like you do. You mean we do what we do? We do it to I do it to help people, you know. Um, right. It, it, and as I'm and sure you know, it's really, it's really sad because you know people like you and me. We've gone through. We've been to hell and back. Bottom line, and it is because God planned it for us. I really highly believe that, and we're able to help other people because we've been there, and we can, as you said, with this other man that walked into the station. It's like. I've been there, so he can connect with you on a soul level, not just a person-to-person level. And that's why he was drawn to you, because he felt it. And that's the part that I really love about helping other people is because they feel the connection, and I feel that they can advance through that connection and overcome almost anything if they put their minds to it. And... That's exactly, I'm sure, after that man left that station, that he probably started following through similarly to the way that you did in learning more about spirituality, religion, everything else like that tied together. Right, right. uh, I congratulate you for going forward and doing all of this. Um, I want to go back to something that you keep bringing up that, you have the brain injury, and you get forgetful. But I feel like you're all there. You, you, you sound like you know everything, and um, I'm just curious as what your brain injury has actually affected in you. Well, um, I, I had trouble walking and talking and chewing gum at the same time. Um, okay. I'll, I'll give you an example. It happened to me a little while ago. Just I needed my my computer died, and as you know in this world, you know you, you're an inspirational speaker, you're a book author, and also just staying in contact with your friends and family. You know, computers are you know kind of important nowadays. Well, my computer died. Uh, the screen went. My brother, so my brother wanted me to get this computer, and so we drove down to this Best Buy. Uh, not a plug, just that's where we. You know, this one computer. His wife has it, and he he, he liked it, so he's like. Uh, if you can afford this, I'd like you to get this because, and my brother is very techy. He researches everything and he, he can take a computer part and put it all back together. That's how much he's into computers. And so if he recommends something, I'm like, okay, chances are it's a little expensive, that I'm, that I'm, but also you kind of get what you pay for sometimes. So anyway, the, the, 
So we went and we got it, and then we walked up, and I actually brought cash with me because I didn't know, you know, my debit card. I, you know, I, I, they only give you so much limit per day, and I didn't. I, it was a Saturday, and I didn't plan on it. So I brought this cash I was saving for this other thing I was going to do. Uh, I needed some medical stuff done, and so I saved this cash. And so anyway, so I decided I'm buying a computer. Up there while I was at the computer, you know, I have this cash. I really could use the cash to stay in the draw, you know, or have it for this other thing. And they offer me, oh, you want our credit card, you know, to apply, and either either you can pay it off in um, – you know, 30 days and you get 10% off or 20%. It was quite a bit, you know, Uh or, or you can pay us in 12 months, no interest. Um, you can pay us over 12 months. Well, I sat there and I got so befuddled and so like, so confused in a way that I ended up paying cash. Uh And my whole point to this story is, after and then it took me about 10 15 minutes later we actually talked to somebody else at the store that i realized what a mistake that was it's mm-hmm. great to pay it off and have no bill but basically if i got approved you know which i was going to because i correct you know i've worked on my financial life but mm-hmm. i i would either what save a good amount of money you know it was at least three figures right off this computer and I could mm-hmm. and I could take the same cash and give it to them 30 days later with less money, or I could pay them over a whole year and 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 still have some cash, you know, for this other thing. Well, right. my brother was there, and of course I'm 52 years old. My brother's 54, and my brother didn't want to embarrass me, you know. And he knew uh. I was starting to go, you know, things were starting to like disconnect in my brain. But he didn't want to embarrass me, so he stayed on the side, um, you know, and 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 knew what I was going through, but didn't want to embarrass me like, like I'm not an adult and can't take care of myself. So right, okay. I so I had I had after 15 20 minutes I just had regret, not regret getting the computer, just regret how I ended up paying for it. Yes, I own it; it's bought and paid for, so in that way it's cool. But it was like okay, you could have made some better, you know, that could have helped you in other areas, and, and, and you just kind of froze and couldn't think and all that stuff. But in turn, that's one thing. And then I forget, I forget, um, uh, thank God, my son lives with me now, but, you know, when the book, no one was living with me, you know. But thank God whoever invented those holes in sinks to keep you from flooding, thank God they invented them. Because I don't know how many times I've left my, my sink on, like, 45 minutes, you know. Um Things like that happen, you know. But part of why I do what I do for the brain injury, too, and um, I, I was going to do a video. I might do a video soon about it. But one of the things I do, I am one of those people that still can function pretty decent. So I take it upon, I take it upon myself for my fellow brain injury people who can't do it for themselves no more, who are worse than I am when it comes to brain injury part, I... I've taken part of it on because I understand them. They understand me. Some of them can't even, you know, they're in hospitals forever now. Um, I, I've taken that also on in my heart, in my soul, to mm-hmm. carry that message, you know. And it's also yeah. a, it's a hidden handicap 
because you look, well, you, the amazing thing people can't believe is you look at me and you can't believe I actually broke 26 fractures and I got a brain injury because you, you would have no idea. Um, right. I have a good head of hair, but my head's caved in on the one side. It has a big, like, ravine going through it and uh, where it healed and stuff like that. But it's, mm-hmm. it's, you, would, you wouldn't know it, you know. So um, I take it up. That's one of the things I take upon. And um, I've made mistakes in my checking account, you know. Sometimes, okay. a couple times, thankfully, they were in my favor, but a few times they were in the wrong favor. And the other big thing I do, which I ever email, you'll figure it out, but the people that I've emailed, um, I type the email, and I think I typed all the email, the whole email, and if, if let's say I want to put cat in the line, there's times that I, I'm pretty sure I typed cat, but it's not there. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, but right. people can... People thought, and, and I don't, I've also learned for me that my, if it's a really important email, I read it again, make sure it's all there. But like more casual, people have learned to fill in the word that's missing because, and that's how I speak sometimes too. Like okay. I rhyme words um, and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. overall, I function pretty decent for how, you know, how I landed on my head. So I, I know that. So that's one of my passions too, is to to be a a spokesperson for those that can't, you know, um, right. with and with my other brain. I I just I want to compliment you again because you're you're speaking so clearly, and that's where it's like congratulations for how far you've come, and, and I'm so happy to hear that, and as I said before, we we do what we do because we have the experience. And fortunately, you are to the point where you still have little things, but you understand it and you can help the other people and be the inspiration. Has anybody else with a brain injury that you've spoken with or anything been able to come any further just from meeting you? Um, some, some, some have. Um, I have a really cool little quick story. I actually... I got invited to this other, I get invited to churches now, you know, not necessarily to, to speak because it's usually the congregation invites me. People, people read my book, you know, and then they come and see me or meet me or, and they're like, wow, you got to come, would, would you come to my church? Check it out, you know. So this, this um, woman read my book. I actually went to school with her brother. She was older enough, so I just knew who she was. Didn't really, you know, we weren't close and everything. We've become since close and, and uh, so anyway, she invited me to this church down in Poughkeepsie, New York, and it's a little bit of a ride, but not that bad. And I'll go anywhere to to, to be with God and be with people, you know, just in general. And uh, so um, I went down to this church, and I I I, re, I, I re ended up meeting this lady Loretta, and and I didn't say anything about the book. She told other people, oh, he he wrote a book and stuff. So and to make a long story short, Loretta, his daughter, had a stroke, and. Um, you know, and she's, you know, she ended up, she's lucky to be alive, but she's, you know, progressing, but very slowly. And so I gave Loretta a book because it, it, it just, I knew in my heart, if anything, uh, to read somebody else who struggled and yet see me, it'll give her a little more hope and God, you know, and all that stuff. So I gave her a book and, uh, Come to find out, this is the really neat thing, is that she, uh, 
took the book to where her daughter is, and she read a chapter a day to the daughter. You know, oh, and yes. and um, the daughter can hear very well, but she has trouble speaking and you know things and all that. And she would read a chapter a day to the daughter, and then to be pro, you know, to honor the privacy. But anyway, I asked Loretta if I could come meet her daughter. You know, and I proceeded to go meet her daughter. And again, I'm one of the ones with brain injury that are walking into this place, and it's a miracle to be walking 13 fractures, like I said, and all I've been yeah. through. And there's people in there that are not getting out of there, you know. And um, mm-hmm. so it made me, you know, I already know I'm very, it's a miracle. It's just, I, I pinch myself. I, I have very, I have a lot of chronic pain from all the fractures and all that. But I pinch myself because sometimes I'm like, oh, is it really me, you know? And, and okay, right. But, but I ended up meeting her, and she was so excited to meet me, and they were working on it. it. It touched my heart. They were working on it. She wanted, and she asked me, Loretta asked me, how, I said, Bubba's cool, you know, with that. So they were working on how to say Bubba, and she actually said Bubba to me, you know, the daughter, you know. She's like, hi, Bubba, you know what I mean? And it was like, it, 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 it was worth it all to me, you know. And, wow. um, and, and the daughter, and Loretta told me afterwards, the daughter was excited and it kind of boosted her spirit. You could tell, you know, and stuff like that. Right. So it's uh, been really, um, really touching that way, you know, and, and, um, inspirational, definitely. Yeah. That is, uh, <coughs> and like I said, um, from what I was saying in the beginning is that I feel that just by people meeting you and reading your story, I, I feel like it changes something in their mind to say, oh, well, maybe there is something better. Maybe I can get past this. And I feel very strongly that you are meant to continue healing people going forward. The um, the amazing thing, one of the, one of the amazing things, it blows my mind away, and I actually joke with the people because I'm like, why? But you don't know how many people have read my book three or four times, five I believe times. believe it. Mm-hmm. And... and I joke with them, and I'm serious because I'm like, why would you want to, because it's me, it's my life, why would you want to read about Bubba more than once? I understand you want to read the book because the book's been given, that's the main thing about the book. Not only has it done, you know, well with you know, sales for itself, it, 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 people just give the book and give the book. And, and, and uh, one family read, nine of them read one book. Nine people in this family read one book. And people come up to me, some of the people come up to me and say, doesn't that bother you because you only saw one book? I said, no, that's what makes it special, that nine people in one family wanted to read the book. You know? Right. They all exactly. wanted to take their time out to read the book. You know? Yeah. And, and, yeah. and that's what, you know, and that's what, and people tell me they read it the fifth time, the fourth time, and they get more out of it. And then these other people tell me they save it, they will not, they, they buy another book because they will not give their book up because when they're down, they read it for inspiration. And that is wonderful. It really you know, is. And that, yeah, and it's and just I like... And I know how you feel about it because I, I know myself, if somebody tells me, oh, I read your book and now I'm looking at things differently and, oh my goodness, my life is already changing. And that's what it's all about, like you said, because... 
The sales aren't the important part. It's the inspiration that makes the difference. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. And and it helps people. And and um, it, it's just been. Uh, I, I mean, it's everywhere. And, and these people tell people, and these people, you know, giving and this and that. And it's just been amazing, you know. And 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 of course, my journey just. I mean, that's my and my favorite favorite thing of all. And I don't want to forget to say this because it's my favorite thing of all. Well, one is. Well, the amazing thing is that before I fell, I was a shy, not introvert, but I was shy and would not do any public speaking or probably even really talk on the phone very much. And since I fell, I'm 180 degrees. I'll talk in front of anybody, millions of people. I've been on TV. I have no idea I'm TV. I just, I just go with it, you know. And I have it never enters my mind I'm on TV, and I just talk like I'm talking to you. And and, uh-huh. and but my favorite thing is that the people I meet is my favorite thing and then on top of that is the stories that people tell me because they feel comfortable because what I've done in my book and told my story they come up and tell me their stories because they know I believe in them and two they also know I understand and three if they actually have a God or Jesus or an angel story they know I believe in it you know so they pull me aside and tell me these amazing stories I mean, like, like that they haven't told anybody else. I mean, it's amazing. Some people go to me, I've never, ever told anybody this stuff before in my life. But, yeah, I read your book, and I've read it a couple times, and I just got to tell you. It just, I, I, I got in my heart, I got to tell you, you know. And I'm like, okay, tell me, you know. And it's been amazing. It's been my favorite that thing. Is, yesterday, my, my husband's been in the hospital with pneumonia. And he was being released yesterday, and the nurse was talking with him about, you know, you need to take this medicine and everything else and whatever. And whatever the conversation led to, I said, well, you know, I, I know it from a psychic and spiritual aspect. And it's like, oh, my goodness. And she started talking to me about something that she says, I've never told that to anybody. She says, thank you for listening. And that's the beautiful part of it is because we do bring people out of their shells. And something that they wanted to talk about, now they finally got to speak about it and feel better. So I'm thrilled that I met this woman yesterday, and um, I made her day. And that's, again, that's what it's all about. Yeah, that's it. That's Mm -hmm. it. It, 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 It just makes, they don't realize how much it makes our souls and our hearts and our heads and Everything's so warm and fuzzy inside. And um, before I fell, I never, and, and the first time I denied it, but I never had sixth sense. I never had a gut feeling. Before I fell, I just lived life. And, um, but since it's, it's the Holy Spirit working in me is um, now, and the first time I got gut feeling, I denied it, and it turned out to be bad. You know, I went on with my own plan. Well, uh-huh. now I wake up sometimes and I have this plan to go do this and this and this. And I get this gut feeling I got to go to this place or do this or do that. And I, at first I ignored it, and it turned out horrible. And the second time I said, well, next time you get a gut feeling, you just go with it and see where it takes you. And so I've listened since then, and I end up in places that people need to meet me or I need to meet them, you know. Sometimes it's because... As, as you give to people and you do this kind of work and you inspire people, you need your tank refueled or 
just a break and to listen to somebody else kind of inspire you. You know what I mean? And, um, like, I meet people, you know, I there's a story, I don't think it's in the book, but at the gas station I met this guy, and real quick, and he started coming in, and he said something about doctors, and I'm all doctored out from all my accident and all that, meaning mm-hmm. I just was tired of going to the doctors. And I just, again, I said one of those things, I understand what he's saying, I'm all doctored out. And I let him talk, and we talked, and he came in again, and he says, you know, the other day you told me you were all doctored out. He says, what happened to you? And I said, well, first, tell me what you're doing. And he says, well, I got pancreatic cancer. I'm going to, you know, chemotherapy. Mm. And right away, and this guy was young, right away I'm like, thank the Lord, I'm very upset you have cancer. I didn't say it to him, but just what's going through my mind and my heart. But mm. thank the Lord, I don't have cancer. All that I've been through, thank the Lord, I don't have cancer, right? That's what I'm saying, right? Yeah. He, in turn, now he's got pancreatic cancer, which is not a good one to have. And yeah. then he says, well, you got to tell me your story. And I proceeded to tell him the quick enough version. Only took a few minutes. Mm-hmm. And he actually said to me, he says, thank God I'm not you. Yeah. And I said, he physically said that to me, his words. And I said, well, thank God I'm not you. So anyway, mm-hmm. we became kind of friend, you know, talking friends. He, and he came. And then he stopped coming. Well, he stopped coming because he died. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah, and it hurt me inside, and all along. I bet you would every time that he came in and talked to you, and that he he had comfort as knowing you. Yeah, yeah, and 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 so all along, I was like, oh, thank God, I'm not you. And he still, I mean, he still, he was getting sicker and sicker, and he still, he still came in. He goes, man, I could never believe. One time he was like, I can't believe breaking 26 fractures. Man, you must have been so much pain. You know, like, he's going off on me, and here this guy's dying, you know. And and I'm still living and walking. I have issues, yeah, but I'm still living and walking. And I'm like, you know, when I told him, well, and I never said to him, thank God I'm not you, because I knew he was struggling, and I didn't want to make it any worse. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I kept that part to me. But he said it to me a few times, like, Thank God I'm not you, and I cannot believe breaking that many bones. How are you? You, you must be in serious pain. And I said mm-hmm. to him, I'm in pain every day. I have chronic pain, lots of chronic pain, depending on the day. But what happened for me, which is inspirational, and I also tell other people, is it's a new normal for me. Yeah. It's not being negative. It's just it's a new normal. And I try to get better. I try to do what I can. But when I was in the hospital, I said to God, whatever you give me, I will take. Okay, yes. You know? And you are taking it, and you're, you're making, you're making, you know, a wonderful impression on so many people's lives that when they hear your story, they know that the little things that are affecting them, but it seems big to them, they can get through it. In fact, just last week, I had somebody tell me, oh, my struggles are not anything like yours, and I really feel for you. And my response was, but you don't understand. Your struggles are your struggles, and they're severe to you. There's no comparing yours against mine because everybody's struggles are still a struggle. And that's a big message because some people look at it like this man looked at you and... He thought you were worse than him. 
And Correct. people have to recognize that we're all equal. Correct. And, okay, so um, I want that message to be really uh, a big message to the listeners because I want them to recognize that, you know, maybe you're struggling to pay a bill this week or something like that, and you see somebody else's struggle. Well, you know what? You're going through that, and it's real. So recognize that it's okay to think that you are really struggling. Don't put somebody on a pedestal over yourself, which I have been known to do, and I've learned to, to curb my way now. Yeah, it's... it's, uh, it's you're, you're, yeah, yeah, it's no one... Like, like me, my struggles are my struggles, and they help people, but no one's worse... You know, it's like you look at them like, they're worse off, or, or or wow! I can't believe they're they're you know they've been through that and they're better. No, we're all we're all equal. We all go through what we go through, but we mm-hmm. go through what we can handle. I mean, we may not think so, but we actually go through what we can handle. You know, and 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 some of the stuff we're going through, little do we know, it was lessons that are going to be used years later. Like right. some of some of why I am what I am now is my experiences of, of my kids dying. Uh, all the financial troubles I was in with the medical bills and all that, and you know that's who that's how I am and who I am, and that's and that's and 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 my my you know and also my um, that I am a normal an ordinary person that I am just Jim Bubba Bay that I am you know a little tiny town that you know it happened in uh, all that is is it all add up to why it is what it is. You know, mm-hmm. but it makes me no better than anybody else. I, right. I, I uh, you know, the one thing I want to say too, which I, you know, is the red carpet isn't rolled out for me since the accident. Stuff still mm-hmm. happens. You know, some mm-hmm. bad stuff still happens. Some bad right. decisions. That's another thing you asked me. With a brain injury, um, we tend to make quick decisions and we don't think about them. And I've made some quick decisions that have been really not so good. You know, and right. it's a fact that brain injury people make quick decisions sometimes too quick, you know, or don't think about it or do this. And I've made some bad decisions that turned out not so well. But some of the decisions come to find out it was almost like I got to make them to learn the lesson to be better now than I was, you know. And you don't know yeah. that, you know. And, it, yeah. you know, it upsets you make them and stuff. But, you know, mm. I'm no better than, and we're no better, no one's no better than anybody else, you know. And uh, we just, you know, but, you know, we're just there to listen, and we're also there to, you know, give our story to help. And when the first person told me the book helped them, it was well worth the writing it, you know. And uh, it was worth it all. Just one person. That's all I needed. And like I told you, I go to all these book events, book signings. I go with no expectation. I just go with the ex- expectation of meeting great people. I, right. I don't go with the expectation to sell them one book or oh, we're going to have a great success or this. All i got to do is meet one person, a new person, and my day is, you know, it's golden, you know. And, which and, is interesting because um, I was at a retreat um, in Connecticut a couple weeks ago, and it was with this woman, uh, Wendy Lipton-Dibner, and she has had 10 businesses which were all um, millionaire maker businesses. And this woman welcomed us in her home for a retreat, and she teaches about what you just described as focusing on the impact. 
and we we were equals there. They were not, oh, well, I make all this money, so I'm better than you. No, they, they were our equals, and they treated us with high respect and really worked hard with us. And that's what it's all about, is giving each other the respect to be able to share our stories and what we're going through. Because another person um, in an organization that I'm a part of, the Women's Prosperity Network, they talk about the one. And you said that earlier, that sometimes you'll go someplace and the person will be inspired by your story, but then other times you'll run into somebody that can help you in a different way, just like your brother helped you to find the computer. And right. that's a big thing that, you know, when we set out, set out to be the one for others, we do make that impact because it's the beauty of us receiving that of um, confirmation that they received it from us. Isn't that such a wonderful feeling? Yes, yes. I, I, I got a, you know, I'm planning on a second book and, uh, I actually got the title. It kind of came to me and all that stuff. But uh, I, I, I have some stories, some amazing stories. Uh, one I won't go in. You know, I won't go into them. I'm going to put But anyway, it's just like the, the, the let's just say, if, if, if you want to put it in prosperity, monetary way, some of these things, especially this one guy, I was giving back all the world's gold by just this guy coming in and telling me his story and what my book did for him. That's beautiful. And it just, you know, like I said, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to write another book and it's going to be all, you know, but anyway, it, uh-huh. it, it, it just like, uh, it just like blew me away. And the guy was crying in front of me, older gentleman too, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. it just blew me away. I mean, it just, you could have knocked me over. And the most amazing thing, and here's how God is great and amazing, is I, I was at the gas station again. I, I kind of do the station and land, you know, like you said in the beginning. And uh, there was four, we have a family station, been 52 years my family's owned it, so people can't believe we're still doing it. But right. there was four or five people in the store, and it was like he pulled over in the spot, parked his truck and walked in and it was like God said without saying it but you, 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 and you are going to leave. And everybody came up, boom, 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 paid. Somebody even was kind of talking to me, kind of all of a sudden said, oh, I got to go and it like cleared the floor and cleared the place for this guy to come in to talk to me. You know what I mean? It was amazing because it was busy at the time and there was people all in there and this guy was almost at the door and all of a sudden it was like God said, okay, everybody out. Important stuff's going to happen here, you know. And then yeah. and then I got thrown off kilter a little bit because he started crying on me, you know. Right. And right. here I am at, at the gas station like 11 o'clock in the morning, you know. I'm like, you know, but I also had people cry with me before with the book about their stuff or, you know, willing to open up to me. And so, anyway, it was amazing. And, um, you know, like I said, I could, you know, it takes a little bit to tell a story anyway, but it, it just blew my mind. It just blew my right. mind, you know. And, 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 and I, I didn't... 
I'm sure you have more stories, but unfortunately, we are, are pretty well over our time. Yeah, but I had a feeling. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I love to just um, keep on hearing all of your stories, and when you do have that next book written, I would really love to invite you back, and we'll talk about that one, too, and, and you know, what you've accomplished in the meantime. But is there anything left... Um, words that you would like to share with everybody before we close out? Yeah, I, I just, the, the same thing I said earlier that you liked is, is um, whether you're a believer, non-believer, whatever you do, whatever, whatever you are, you know, God's there for everybody. Look over your shoulder. He's there for you if you want him, you know? If you don't want him, yeah. that's up to you. It's, it's up to everybody's only opinion. It's up to you. And the other thing is, is that, is that everybody has a story. Yeah. You know? And you're going through something, and you think it's the worst thing. Well, little do you know, two houses down, that neighbor's going through the same thing. Maybe you won't know that. Maybe you'll never find out that. Like me, because I put the death of my kids in my book. You don't know how many people come up to me and told me that my books helped them because they had kids die. Yes. But they would have never shared it with me, or I would have never known unless I put it out there. So I was like the neighbor who put my book out there. Well, people have been coming up to me, and not just in my town, all over the, you know, the country are, respond to me. And so people are going through what you're going through, and, you know, and, and, you know God's there for you, you know. Um, I, I don't you know, push any one religion down anybody's throat or like that. And like I said, I, I've had Buddhist people, Muslim, actual Muslim people, all these different national, you know, religions all read my book and like it, you know, mm-hmm. and love it and stuff. So, and I've had, you know, you know, ministers, pastors read my book, you know, and okay. because I, my, it, it, one of your messages that God's for everybody, well, don't, shouldn't you write a book that's not going to turn anybody away? You know, yeah. and that's why I wrote it the way I did. So everybody should know that there's others that are going through the same thing they're doing. And, of course, to reach out, you know, to prayer, reach out, you know. Everybody can talk to God, you know. And right. uh, and, and just, you know, we're there for you. Everybody's there for each other, and that's how we, you know, we get through things in life. Yes, Exactly. So can you share where people can get information about you and your project? Sure. Um, my, my, uh, my website's jimbubbabay.com, and on, on the website they can go and they can, uh, you know, get, you know, find out the books available on the website, the books available at my publishers, the books available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. It's available as e-books, and um, it's also available as an audible book, which there's a whole other story which is going to be for my I've already told a few times, but that's one of the stories that blew me away. But I won't go into detail, but I ended up paying now this Audible book done, and all the money all the money I spent on the book, the Audible book, was all worth it with this one incident where this person was able to listen to this Audible book, you know? And, uh, oh, yeah. So it's available, I, you, know, audible, you know, it's Audible. Um, somebody read it professionally for me and stuff, and uh, and and then you know, but my website's the main thing, and uh, you know, and I, I also have YouTube, you know, and uh, a YouTube channel. They can type Miracle on Hammertown Road. There's some things, videos there, and and then Facebook, of course, Jim Bubba Bay and Miracle on Hammertown Road's a Facebook thing, and all that social media stuff, you know. 
So, uh, thank- yes. So thank you, Jim, for sharing with us today, and I really enjoyed listening to everything that you were talking about. Um, I'm happy to know you, and again, uh, my sympathies for your losses, but I, I congratulate you with the strength that you've overcome and been able to get past things and that you are an inspiration. So thank you again. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me, and it's been a, a pleasure to talk to you. And um, yes. I'm consider your friend now, too. That's the... I go through life every day. I get more friends and friends. I'm just happy, you know. It's like that's right. That's right. My vault, my vault is mm-hmm. wealth of friends, you know. So that's thank right. you for having me. And it's a it's a beautiful thing. Yes. So yeah. everyone listening, thank you so much for your time and listening to everything that Jim had to share. If you like this episode of the Celestial Spoon podcast, you can please listen again and learn more about how spirituality has guided others to advance in their lives. As a reminder, you can check out my info on my website at katherinmlaub.com. I offer a free report on receiving messages from beyond. If you're interested in a psychic reading or coaching with me, you can find information on my programs and readings page. We can talk on the phone, through Skype, email, or if you're local to Central Suffolk, New York, in person. And again, you can find Jim on his website at www.jimbubbabay.com. This is Catherine Lamb. Have a wonderfully blessed day.